Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. Welcome to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. That is right. Turn it up. Switch it up a little bit on you. I feel very strongly, very passionate about the fact that this show is an alternative to what else is going on. We talk about things that are a little left the center, so let's double down on that. We turn left when the market is going right. We do things different. We think outside the box, and that's what we're going to be doing more each and every damn day on Stacking Slabs. I am Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card investor professional wrestling fan. I want to hit on this alternative mindset a little bit. I think the more I have engaged with the audience, had conversations, gotten feedback, I think what is really striking a chord with a lot of you out there is that you put on your headphones when you're going for a walk, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're at home in quarantine and you're listening to Stacking Slabs and It is a show that is giving you a different perspective, and that's what I try really hard to do and what I really uh, like to focus on is just being a little different. That's how my mindset is, and that's how I think, and that's what I want to deliver to you each and every week. So I do appreciate all the feedback and appreciate the support. I hope you like Stone Cold from last week. I think Stone Cold is becoming a little bit of a symbol, maybe... Somebody has some people out there with connections and we can get old Stone Cold on stacking slabs to share some stories. But, you know, I I shared that example from last week just to set the stage and give examples that I can turn to that really get me to think in moments in time where things were different and things started to change. And for me, Stone Cold really represents that. I think what's happening right now in the hobby is so fascinating. And it's uh, you don't have to pick and choose what side you want to be on. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's necessarily good versus evil. I do think there's elements of evil in the hobby. I do think there are people that are on Instagram live on a regular basis, hawking stuff. I do think there's programs out there that are no good. I do think that there's hobby content creators slash influencers in air quotes that are trying to get you on your Patreon page that have no idea what they're talking about. That is not good, but I think people who are listening to the show, you that who are out there right now, you understand that. You're aware. You have the mindset to know when things aren't, um, they don't look good and they don't sound good. What we're doing here is we're bringing people together to talk about topics that really matter and get people to think and inspire new thought. Why do you think I bring in so many guests that are sound to the show? It's not only to help paint the light for you, but it is also for me. I've learned so much, and I love that. I love that being able to sit down and have a conversation, and it feels like I'm sitting at a table, and we're just shooting the stuff on sports and sports cards come up. That is what I'm trying to do. That is what I'm trying to build here. And so, too, when, you got, when you're out there and you see something funny, say something. And I, I think that's really important. Now, if you're looking for a hobby content alternative and this is your first time listening, or if you're a regular listening, I want you to know one thing right now. 
strap in, you are joining a revolution. That is what we're doing here. We're building a hobby content revolution. We are not acting like everybody else. This is not vanilla. This is not reactive content. This is focused, proactive, original thoughts, baby. And we're just getting going. So a couple things, if you want to be a part of this revolution, the one thing you can't do is you can't settle for the status quo. That's unacceptable and will not be allowed. So get your mind right and make sure you're not settling for the status quo. If you're joining the revolution, I ask you to do another thing. You must be proactive, no reactive commentary, no reactive data to drive decisions. That's no good. That's what the people are doing. That's when someone puts up a massive game in the playoffs, people are going to run into eBay and buy that stuff. That's no good, and that's not going to get you ahead. So you must be proactive. You must work hard. It is on all of us to work hard, do the work, do the homework, research, share your work with others. You share your work with others because other people are going to share their work with you, and they're going to give, inspire you. And they're gonna, it's going to allow you to see some gains on cards you might not have seen in the past. You got to have fun. That is at the core. You got to wake up and you got to be jacked and excited to be in the hobby. And you got to be here with a smile on your face. And, you know, it's something that's an escape for you during these crazy, insane times. And you all know what the last one is. You got to turn left when the market goes right. That is what we're doing right now. We are building something very special and it's on all of us to keep each other accountable to hold those principles because this revolution is going forward, baby. And I am so excited to be waving that flag. I have to say, I got a text message this week from my brother and he sent me a screenshot of Beyond the Mat, the wrestling documentary on Netflix. And he said, I just watched this. It's incredible. Have you ever seen it? And I just smiled to myself and it shot back and brought back so many memories beyond the mat. I explained to him beyond the mat is one of my favorite documentaries slash movies of all time. And if you don't know what beyond the mat is, it's an incredible uh, wrestling documentary that takes place during the height of the attitude era during right when ECW was really launching off. And it's really all access to some of the behind the scenes and different perspectives in the wrestling industry at that time. It's on Netflix. I promise you, you don't even have to be a wrestling fan. You can watch it. And it's just absolutely incredible. But immediately when he said, have you seen Beyond the Mat? It triggered so many thoughts. I texted my best friend. He said, he reminded me that we saw it in the movie theater and that we had snuck in Mountain Dews. Um, And that's what we were doing, right? We were going against the grain a little bit. We were uh, bringing in Dubers to the theater so we could go see Beyond the Mat. And I've seen it so many times. The one thing I do want to call out and why I think it's important, I went back and I'm going to watch the whole thing this weekend just because it's been about a year maybe. But the one thing that stands out to me is before the 1997 barely legal pay-per-view, this was ECW's first pay-per-view ever, little company that could. And if you don't know what ECW is, Beyond the Mat does an amazing job to set the stage. But the owner who we all know and love, Paul Heyman, who's obviously the advocate for Brock Lesnar and um, has done so much behind the scenes in the WWE over so many years, 
he is standing there in the ECW arena and he's got the locker room staring at him and he's on his pulpit getting ready to deliver a speech. And the speech to me was inspiring. It reminded me about what we just talked about with building and joining a revolution. And I went back and I watched that speech and I was like, damn, this is some good stuff. It's got me juiced. It's got me fired up. And I feel like that this is something that I can align with and it makes me so happy. So when we're, you're talking about building something from the ground up, getting people to rally behind it and going out and making it happen, I'm going to drop that Paul Heyman speech from 1997, barely legal, behind the scenes, from beyond the mat, right now. 17 million homes that have availability for this show tonight. We'll pay $20, hopefully, for the privilege to see you guys do what you have done for three and a half years. Thank Terry Funk for all he's done for this company for help putting us on the map, for being unselfish in selfish times, for taking the young guys and showing them a better way. Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme. We're too wild. We're too out of control. We're too full of our own Or we have a chance to say, hey, you're wrong. We're right. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. This is the dance, baby. I love it. I think that is so exciting. And this is the dance. I think it is the dance because we all have opinions and we all are entitled to share those opinions. And that is what I'm going to do on Stacking Slabs. I'm going to share my opinion because that is what this platform is all about. And am I always going to be right? Hell no. Am I going to be right some of the time? Sure. But I think that's why people are engaged and why people like the content that's being produced here is because it's real, authentic, it's off the cuff, and I'm not going to stop doing that. And the punchline on ECW is it lost a bunch of money and then it ended up getting bought by WWE and kind of the old ECW vanished away. And, you know, if, if stacking slabs is um, heading off the cliff, man, I'm going to do it in a way that's just going to be very opinionated. I'm going to talk about what I believe in and what I feel in, but we're not going to do that. We're going to keep it on the rails and keep this thing going for some time now. I got to tell you, it is a special day here in Indianapolis right now. So I talked to you about just typically before I get on the uh, mic here and record these episodes, it, it is a Saturday and I get my run in. I get my run in just to look out for my mental and physical health. Those two things are extremely important to me. Um, it's something that over the last several years, I've, done, I've been intentional to focus on those things. I would encourage all of you, you know, it's a crazy time. We're stuck in our homes. Things are different. Just make sure you're taking care of yourself before anything else. I think that's really important. And that's part of the reason why I make sure I get some fitness into my day. And I was on the back half of my run. I think I had two miles left to go before I got home. And I was approaching the uh, Marat. It's called the Old National Center now. It's a place, if you're familiar with Indianapolis, a lot of live music. There's been some awesome shows. But I looked down the street, and you can look down Michigan, and I saw something that was just a great 
omen for the rest of the day. And that was this amazing Reggie Miller mural that is painted downtown on a building, side of a building, and he is in his Flojo jersey getting ready to bust a three-pointer on somebody. And it's an incredible um, representation of Reggie, and it shows how important Reggie Miller has been to this city, and it's so cool that we have that. And it just brought so much nostalgia to me as I was looking at that, and it immediately triggered thoughts of 1995 semifinals against the evil, yes, I will say it because it was good versus evil, the evil New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden when Reggie Miller pulled off the unthinkable and getting that eight points in nine seconds. And I think back to all of the, the, the so many playoff memories in that era. And that's really what I, when I, my connection with the, the, the Pacers really became, you know, so strong. And those are the times I don't forget. And I think you all saw the uh, last dance documentary and that Reggie Miller shot on Jordan to win um, game six. It was just incredible. And, you know, obviously we lost the series, but that, that moment still um, with, withstands the tests of time for me. And so I think about this and I got excited. And as I'm sitting and recording this, the Pacers are kicking their season back off today against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm just so excited for to see the Pacers. I got my Pacers tee on as I'm recording this. And just I just have such a connection with that team. I have a connection with the city I live in, and it's just a beautiful thing. And I know you all have players or teams that you're super connected with, and I think that's what's so fun about being in the hobby and being a fan of being a fan of sports. I think the other thing that's really stands out to me as I've done nothing over the last several days but consume basketball. I did purchase League Pass. So everybody, if you want to watch all the games like a degenerate like me and see opportunities with cards, League Pass is an incredible option. It If you get the no commercials version, it's 40 bucks. If you get the v- version with commercials, it's 28 bucks. That's it, flat fee. You just got to make sure you cancel before, I think it's September 1st. Uh, but you have access basically to just absolutely everything. So whether you're working at a desk at home, you can put your iPad up, stream games. Games are starting early. This is awesome. This is just like incredible. So I'd encourage all of you, if you want to watch as much basketball as possible at an affordable rate, go buy League Pass. Shout out League Pass. But with that, I think just starting it off, I think you know we invest in these players and we invest in these cards. And then now we have the ability to watch them play. And I was just so deep in it watching the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Portland Trailblazers. And there was so much to like on that. We've talked a lot about just Memphis and just their young nucleus. Ja Moran is my favorite player in the NBA. I love Ja. I'm a Ja collector, investor, you name it. I loved him in college. When I got in this year, I had to draft him on my fantasy team. I've been following him all year closely. Getting back into the hobby, he was the one guy I was like, I got to get Ja Morant cards. So I've just been spending money, investing my time in Ja Morant as a player. And I just love Ja Morant and love what the Grizzlies are doing. And they were playing the Blazers, which, man, Dame Lillard and Mello and McCollum. And just it was just so much fun. So I'm sitting there, and the Blazers got the best of them. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting. That matches 
that gap tightened up a little bit um, between eighth seed and Portland. But, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm just like cheering for Memphis. I'm like cheering for John. I'm like, holy cow, man. You're like sitting here just like crazy like this was the Pacers or something. And it wasn't the Pacers, but it was a player that I just love so much and have such a strong connection with that has brought me in and cards are involved. And I think that is so damn cool. So I think that is so much fun. And I think that finding that, you know, uh, finding that place where you're, you know, sitting and just cheering for players that you've invested in and you're loving it and having fun is such an important thing. So I am so excited the NBA playoffs are going to get back, are coming back. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some observations here in one second. But first, just to set the stage, I am going to close out the back half with talking about just my process and what I'm looking to, how I'm looking to evolve the process and some things I'm doing. And then I'm going to give first part of a two-part series on NFL cards of players that are worth looking at that are under $12 right now. So I think there's cards that you might see some considerable gains in if you start investing in them. I will say, as I build out this episode and build out this format and thought went through the exercise, I had not made any purchases of these players. So I want to make that stated. And I'll also say that none of the players on this list are players that I've previously talked about. I've talked about one, but I've not bought that player. So I'm going to share part one of that today. But the, the thought is, is I really think, I know the NFL is, it, people have, think that there, it might not happen. I don't know. There's a lot to be determined, but I think the price on these are low, that now is a good time with all the activity on the NBA to start thinking about that. So that's what we're going to close out the show with. But let's jump back into the NBA. So I'm like watching every game. I'm like obsessive compulsive. I've got League Pass going on my iPad. I got NBA TV on my big screen. I'm just like, just so fired up. I will say I got a Traeger grill. I am so excited about the Traeger grill and the sports being back. Traeger grills, by the way, is the unofficial grill of stacking slabs. So if you're looking for a new grill, go give Traeger a test run. The meat on the Traeger, I I can't tell you how freaking awesome it is. We did steaks on Wednesday nights. They blew my mind. I got steaks before AEW Dynamite. It was so darn good. We did some chicken, barbecue chicken on Thursday for the start of the NBA. And it is the best chicken I ever had. This thing rules. I got my phone app going. I'm controlling the thing. It's cooking it just so, no flame ups. It's just amazing. So go check out Traeger Grills. Tell them Stacking Slabs sent you. It is the the unofficial grill of Stacking Slabs. But anyways, night one, man, a lot to say there. You got the news that Zion was coming back. So you got the Pels versus the Jazz. A couple observations there. Brandon Ingram, man, I wish I would have got involved in Brandon Ingram a lot earlier because he can score the piss out of the ball. That guy was balling out. Holy cow, man. Lights out. When that guy is healthy, he is something else. And that is a really strong indication for the Pels, man. That is a talented bunch of a young nucleus. And I think it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out, but they're a really good squad. I think Zion, say what you want about just him in limited run. I get it. You know, I, I understand this kid is, you know, a multi-million dollar investment for you. And you want to make sure that you're being cautious by, and that's what they're doing. So I think Zion, big takeaways, man, he's just so athletic down low. So impossible to stop. 
I think if this kid is healthy, he is someone that, you know, you are, um, you and I and all of us are going to want to watch for the foreseeable future because it's just every time he hits the floor, it's captivating. The Jazz, they did their thing. Donovan Mitchell showed why he's the dude, and they got the win, but that was a really fun way to kick it off. The main event that night, boy, I'm really glad Jordan and I, um, on our conversation, we were right, and we predicted the Lakers uh, beating the Clips. It really was a coin flip at the end of the day. I know the Clippers were short-staffed, but, man, how much fun was that? Anthony Davis, good Goodness, man, he's unstoppable when he's playing like that. LeBron, unreal. The the thing to call out really is, you know, Kawhi Leonard, I think, you know, Paul George had a massive game. Kawhi Leonard didn't reach his full potential, and it seemed to me that I have to go back and look at it, but when LeBron was focused on him at the end of the game, his production seemed to go go down. You know Kawhi in his mindset, they're going to be playing again. And Kawhi's going to be ready to go for that one. So Lakers, man, they're they're really good. Their uh, bench or their role players really, you know, sh- showed up. And I think if their role players can show up, Anthony Davis can play like that. And people are saying LeBron had a you know down game. I mean, you know, I think he almost had a triple double. It's just insane. So that was fun. Day two, as I record this, so much action. I think. The first game I started to watch was, it was the first game of the day, was Magic versus the Nets. And, you know, I think for me, the the Nets, it was a fun game. I mean, these two teams, while they might not be the most talented teams and the Nets might be a little depleted, they all look like they were playing and they wanted to ball out. I think I really liked the Karis LeVert and uh, Jared Allen combo. They were certainly um, fun, and they everyone's just playing hard. So I really, really enjoyed watching that game. I think, you know, these teams, it's amazing. These teams are playing right now like there's no ramp up. They're balls to the wall. So I, I as a fan, do appreciate that. Obviously, there were some bigger games um, later that evening. You had the Celtics and Bucks, which... I had a struggle with this one as I was monitoring it because I, I just struggled to tell like were were these two teams like not on the gap by putting their foot on the gas were they holding back a little bit I think you know they a lot of memes on Jason Tatum um, I think you know the the mindset is you know everyone's entitled to a bad game I think his was unfortunate being kind of the first game back against you know a big opponent. Um, I'm not worried about um, the Celtics. I think they're they're a really good team. The Bucks, obviously, very very good team. So that I think there's more to come in that one. There's going to be that's going to be a battle for for a long time. But man, Giannis, I got to say that that guy is just unbelievable to watch and borderline unstoppable. Um, and then just the last game I wanted to talk about was just the Mavs and Rockets, just because that's what closed out my Friday night in extended time, getting that overtime. And there was a lot of overtimes already, and that's a good thing for all of us. But man, that was just an insane game with so much, no defense and so much scoring. I was like, this is like the all-star game. I think James Harden is just absurd. Like the, I was on a couple text threads this, this week about the Rockets and I think, you know, there's so many glaring gaps with that team. 
um, with lack of defense, lack of rebounding, that it's hard for me to imagine a deep, deep run. However, when they are playing at the pace that they did against the Mavs and they're just putting up points in droves, you can see that ambitious offensive style prevailing. And it's almost like, you know, lighting a firecracker. And it I, they're one of the most fascinating teams for me to watch. I'm so curious to see how it shakes out. Can they knock down one of the LA teams? I don't know. We'll see. But that's that's something I wanted that um, definitely should be called out. I think it's great to see Luca back. I think it would have been cool if he would have hit that game winner at the end of regulation. He's just incredible. Porzingis, they had no answer. Literally, they literally had nobody to guard him. So I think the Mavs will be fine. They, they, um, I think just the Mavs. They don't want to play the Clippers round one. I think if they do, who knows what will happen. I, but I, I think I'd lean towards the Clips there. But the the Mavs certainly are um, a fun team to watch. I my perspective in coming out of the first couple of days of basketball is that you know we want to be on offense. We don't want to be on defense. We're seeing markets created for players that we just had no idea would exist. And I think that's 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 fascinating to me. I think, you know, my mindset is like I've got a stash of cards and I'm just sitting on that stash of cards and seeing if there's opportunities, much like I did with Bull Bull, to put up cards. I think, you know, players like Trey Burke and Deion Waiters, it's like their cards are just doubling overnight because of performances. And I don't think that is going to slow down right now with all the attention being on the NBA. So for me, and I've said this to people, I'm hoping Aaron Holiday goes out and, um, you know, has a 25 point, you know, four three pointer game against Philadelphia or another game. Because I'm sitting on so much Aaron Holiday inventory that's very, very nice that I can put those babies up on eBay and just see some significant gains. So I think the key here is it's going to be really difficult to go buy up a bunch of player right now and then hope for the best. I think there are opportunities to do that, and I'm going to talk about one later in the episode. But I think, you know, rely on what you have right now. If you were a degenerate, in the hobby in Q1 like me, then you're going to be sitting on a bunch of cards. When I mean a degenerate, I mean when I got back in the hobby, I've talked about this. I didn't know what the hell to do. I didn't know what I should be doing. I did know that ripping packs was really, really fun. So I went to the LCS and I bought bought hobby boxes. And I when I got rang out, it was, you know, for the first time, you know, it's we're hitting the a thousand thousand dollar mark and I have, you know, some megas. I think I had a, a hobby of hoops and a bunch of optic blasters and my mind was blown. I was like, oh boy, this is the game where I went home, ripped, you know, and then just rinse and repeat. And then I realized, man, I am just, I don't have a strategy. Look at all this money I'm spending. Look at all these cards. Yeah, I got a Zion here, but what about all these others? So, you know, sleeved them up, took care of them, did this for about a month, realized this wasn't sustainable and put these cards, you know, in boxes under my futon. Well, now those boxes to me are are the money because that's where the opportunity is and that's the fun part. So a guy has a performance and you go run up to those boxes and you start siphoning those off and you put your collection and throw it on eBay. One that I did immediately 
So I have a bunch of triple J's that are going through grading right now. And I was like, man, all those triple J's are in grading right now. He had a monster performance and shout out triple J. I mean, good goodness. This kid is unbelievable. If he can stay healthy, man, that outside, he is fearless. And that's what I loved about triple J. Just he is fearless. And that's what good, good players are fearless. But anyways, I had not that I don't believe in triple J cause I got a bunch of his cards grading, but I'm like, man, is there any opportunity I can make money off of triple J right now? And so I remembered, I remembered I bought a lot of triple J rookies and there was some second years um, sprinkled in. So there was a, there was a certified red. There was a uh, optic hollow red serial numbered. There is an in-flight auto from select and a select silver, all second years. So I ran up, found those, re- remembered I did not send them into grading. And I put them on eBay and I was like, let's see what the, the, the market does with this. Right after a hot game, I did a one-day auction. I put, put those cards up on eBay and I'm just waiting and seeing what happens to them. Second year, non-rookie, we're going to see. But I think that's the mentality and mindset I have. And that's why I'm watching all these games so damn closely is because I want to see, is there a performance? I can go up to my stash, grab a bunch of cards, put them on eBay and make some money that I can take that money and put them back into bigger cards that I want. That's what makes this so much fun. You got to be nimble. You got to be adaptable. And you, you got to make it happen. I'm so passionate about watching sports. It's so much fun. And I think, you know, my focus, and this is my my opinion and my focus, I know there's so much content being pushed out and that's good. Like we all have good content and it's our opportunity to pick and choose what we want. But I think, you know, some of the content to me is turning into some infomercial type stuff. And it's like, man, like, I don't, it's like mainstream music. You just turn on the radio and just like, crap plays at you and you just don't even realize what you're listening to. It's just what all you have. And I think it's kind of like when you're sitting at home and you're up late and you know, there's infomercials on people are selling you some like juicers or some, some sort of product. And you're like, why am I watching this? I think that stuff's happening in the hobby. It's crazy. Like I don't want to watch infomercials. I want to watch hoops. I hope you do too. I think everyone needs to have an inner circle. I think inner circle is super important. Uh, we've talked about this. I know, a bunch of the hobby creators that I respect and I engage with talk about their inner circle. I'm happy to be a part of it. I know Andy from the sports card investigator. He's certainly part of my inner circle. I text with this guy all the time. We have a similar mindset and we just, we're, we're having fun. So I trust him. And so I share my thoughts and opinions with him. Jordan from sports card analytics. He's certainly someone else. My brother, it's like, it's really good to have this tight inner circle. And it helps you stay sane, to be honest with you. There's so many Discord groups going on and people that are just saying a bunch of stuff. And, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating, but I think I always turn back to that inner circle and making sure that I'm connecting with them and making sure that we're sharing thoughts and opinions and it, having good conversations. So I would encourage all of you, make your inner circle tight and go find them because it helps out a lot. I have heard a few things regarding card ladder and just, I think there's some misconceptions on card ladder and kind of it's in purpose and intent. And there is a bunch of different, you know, intentions of how you can use card ladder. And I know the card ladder team has just done a great job of explaining, you know, the full capabilities, but this is what happens with every product. 
um, people have a perception of what it does and why they like or dislike it. So what I thought would be helpful was just explain why I like card ladder because I've definitely been plugging card ladder and not a lot. And I just want to make sure you have some understanding of why I like it and why I use it. I use it first and foremost to say when I see the cards trending to see this is not what to do. This is not who I should buy. These are the cards that are trending. I look at cards that are moving up the ladder as opportunities to look at what's happening with that product that it might not be the player that's trending up, but the product might be a a lagging indicator that the product might be moving up. That's one thing. So if uh, let's just say, let's say a job, you know, mosaic is trending up the ladder and it's, uh, you know, continues to trend. And then I look at other people in the mosaic product that aren't moving as high, but have some growth. Then maybe I go look at those players and as purchase opportunities. So that's one I, I, I really like to look at, like, just be creative. So in a good ancillary opportunity for me was I see the Ric Flair, I see the Hogan, and I see the Rock cards trending on the ladder. Well, wrestling cards is a segment of the population. Then I go back and look at the Undertaker cards and realize Undertaker is, you know, there's vintage Undertaker cards. Everybody knows who the Undertaker cards are, but the market hasn't turned on the Undertaker yet. So I'm going to. So I I see inevitably his cards moving up because of the likes of some of these other big names. So I think it is not a place that like, oh, these people are, you know, the top 10 in the ladder. So I'm going to go buy them. That's the reactive stuff you don't want to do. But I think you can use it to sink your teeth and to be proactive and be creative and find opportunities. There is so much information there that the, that is being offered that's really important, whether it's pop reports, trending over periods of time. The My Collection feature, I personally love just because it's a good way to keep track of what's happening with my card. So I wanted to make it clear because I've gotten some questions about why I'm liking Card Ladder, and that's just wanted to make it clear. I just think I'm just scratching the surface on it, but it's not a one-size-fits-all. Go log on to Card Ladder, see these cards that are trending, and go buy these cards. If you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Bang! Happy Bang is still fueling me up. That is certainly something I am never going to stop doing. And I will say, Rainbow Unicorn, cheers to you, brother. You've been keeping me fired up this week. I had a hell of a week at work. We've got so much going on on the professional side. Got website updates. We got automation stuff I'm working on, sales alignment, you name it. It's hard out here to be a B2B marketer under quarantine during COVID. You got to talk to your market a little bit differently and you got to do things very personalized. So we're grinding real hard. So, but I can tell you, when I hit that three o'clock wall, when I'm up in my home office, I crack that rainbow unicorn and I get fueled, baby. Shout out to all of you for sending me pictures of your bang. I love it. Bang is part of the, if bang is the drink of the revolution, everybody. Enjoy your bang, get fueled up, no crash, um, get excited. So we've got, just in case you're keeping track, unofficial sponsors of Stacking Slabs. We got Bang. We got Traeger. Who's next, baby? All right, social media. You can find me at Stacking Slabs across all your various social channels. And holy cow, by the time this launches, one of them might be buried six feet under. Yes, TikTok, RIP maybe? Completely insane. 
I, I, it's just absurd. <laughs> it's absurd. But man, I was, I have had so much fun on TikTok. I'm going to have to figure out an alternative if it really is, in fact, going. But Instagram, you know I'm there. Twitter, you know I'm there. TikTok, maybe RIP, but go follow me. Hit that subscribe button and leave that review. Please leave that review. I need that. Um, really appreciate everyone who's out there dropping reviews and um, engaging, sliding those DMs. You know I appreciate that. If you're sliding in the DMs, I get back to you. It's undeniable. I love engaging with the community here around stacking slabs. We have a new freaking segment that I'm rolling out here, and I'm really excited about it. And it's an opportunity for you to share your voice outside of just DMing me or commenting on my social posts. This segment is going to be called Let It Rip. And it's going to be called Let It Rip. It's inspired. If you are a Colts fan from the pre-Peyton Manning days, we all remember that AFC championship game against the Pittsburgh Steelers that, man, Aaron Bailey caught that ball. I was in the basement with my dad watching that, and Aaron Bailey caught that ball from Jim Harbaugh. But leading up into that game, Marchabroda, Coach Ted Marchabroda, Jim Harbaugh, they had this saying, and it was, let it rip. And this Colts team, man, they were awesome. They were not the best team in the league, but they fought their ass off, and they were beating teams out of, just grit and the mentality was from Jim Harbaugh who was our quarterback was just let it rip baby and he would throw that ball far and he would just let it rip and he threw a pick whatever but that would lead to big plays and that was the catchphrase let it rip so with let it rip in this segment what I want this to be is an opportunity for you to share your voice oh if there are topics that I have brought up on slabs that that you want to comment on, or if you have original thought or new ideas on topics, it can be about anything we talk about on slabs, anything in the card industry, wrestling related, uh, music, you name it. Like I, I, I want this to be a place where people can come and people can share their voice. So this is what I'm asking you to do. If you want to be on Stacking Slabs, and I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. I haven't announced this yet. This, I'm thinking about this in real time. I'm announcing next week. There's going to be a giveaway and it's going to be, you know, over three weeks. But I'm going to do a giveaway on my favorite Let It Rip segment. But if you want to be on Let It Rip, all you have to do is send me um, st- at st- stackingslabs at gmail.com. Just send me a, a video or not a video, an audio recording of whatever you want to say. And, you know, I have some discretion to publish or not. Um, hopefully I'll push it through. I don't want to be a bottleneck, but I'll put it on the show. And we'll, we'll call the, here's the let it rip segment. And I'll make a decision on how many, uh, based on time, how many um, different uh, rips I put on the uh, show. But yeah, do that. If you're listening to this right now and you want your voice heard, record yourself on your phone, send me the files. I'll call you out, give you a shout out and give you a chance to enter this, to win this. Um, mysterious giveaway that I'm, I don't have a, any idea what it's going to be, but I give away stuff that's fun and everyone likes. So that's something you're certainly going to pay attention to. So I'd encourage you, this episode drops Wednesday. I will be recording the next episode probably Saturday. So it gives you a little window. So listen, if you have a show, you got a podcast, you're doing something, call it out. I'm happy to promote that stuff. So 
let's let's get let it rip going. So please shoot those over stacking slabs at gmail.com. Baby, so much fun stuff on the wrestling side. I talked about it at the top. I talked about Beyond the Mat. That's kind of my big recommendation. Go watch Beyond the Mat. Make sure you're watching AEW Dynamite. So much good stuff going on there. I want to shout out Matt Cardona, new member of the All Elite Wrestling staff and locker room. You you know that. Matt Cardona, he was Zack Ryder in the WWE. I got to tell you, I've had so much fun being a part of the community, him and Brian Myers, and Brian Myers is on Impact Wrestling. Go watch Impact Wrestling every Tuesday night on Access. If you don't have Access, you can fire up Twitch, Impact Wrestling, Tuesday nights at 8. It's awesome. They've got so many awesome people in that roster, and they're rebuilding it. I've been watching it ever since. Um, I heard rumors that Brian was going to be on it, and it's just been damn entertaining. But let's get back to Matt. So Matt debuted on AEW this week. It was so much fun. Looks like he might have a connection in with the Nightmare family. It makes sense. Him and Cody are really good friends in real life. But these two guys, Matt and Brian, man, they host the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. They have a community. And they really are an inspiration for me on Stacking Slabs. And I have them and their community to thank for pushing me to do this show. Um, And I'm just so happy for the two of them after getting fired by WWE landing on their feet in a big way and so much fun. So go check out Impact Wrestling on Tuesday nights. If you on access, if you don't have access, check them out on Twitch. Go check out All Elite Wrestling on Wednesday nights on TNT. Bay, bay. All right, content shout outs. Keeping the wrestling theme moving. Want to shout out Wrestling With Cards. Go check out Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Got a shout out Zon. He's doing something absolutely incredible right now. So he is taking Tops Project 2020 and he's using that to inspire wrestling rookie cards and he's doing them in a Project Tops 2020 artistic stylistic way and he's rolling this out in a several part series. The part one has dropped. It is so creative and so darn cool. I definitely want to have Zon on the show to talk about his thoughts and how he brought this together on Stacking Slabs. It's one of the most creative things as a wrestling fan and a fan of cards. Go check out Wrestling With Cards. Talked about him last week, but shout out Lameen James on Instagram. Lameen James is making me smile. And if you can make me smile and make me happy, I'm going to shout you out on the show. His stuff is killing me. I, I just, I'm having so much fun. He's got such a nice pulse on the hobby. And it's just, so freaking awesome. And I I can't tell you how, how how excited he has made me. And it's just been so much fun. And I gotta, I just gotta I'm gonna I won't shut up about him just because it's so much fun. I want to shout out Mountain State Cardboard. And Mountain State Cardboard, it is just an awesome podcast that was just released. And I gotta be honest, it was one of the coolest freaking things I have ever heard on a podcast just because it meant so much to me. So the podcast was released this week. It is on Spotify now. It's going to be on Apple soon. Episode one is the origin story of Mountain State Cardboard. I got shot out on the show as just being an inspiration for the show starting. It meant so much to me that 
what I'm sharing on the podcast can lead to a someone creating a podcast episode or a show. I think this is something you're certainly going to want to listen to and watch. So go check out um, Mountain State Cardboard, WV Cardboard on Instagram. Really, really good stuff. All right. So I think with the Bull Bull situation from last week, it is one of those deals where everyone has a different perspective on what they should be doing with Bull Bull. I've talked at nauseum about set. We I'm sold. So did Jordan. I think what Jordan said last week is something I certainly want to revisit. And that is everyone's got a different financial situation. The $2,000 that Jordan made on his lot was good money for him right now. But then, you know, the person who bought the cards, they can go off and grade those cards and make that money double back. And I think that's something we should all take into consideration. When we are navigating the hobby, everyone's got a different intentions. Everyone's got different financial situations. So let's definitely respect that. Purchases this week. I'm going to start with a big boy, a big boy, and a monster. So I bought a 2019 Panini Mosaic John Morant Blue Reactive PSA 10 Prism. The Papa 46. God, I fell in love with the card when I was on eBay looking at it. And I just went back and forth. Landed on a price. I feel like Jaws Market's about to explode. I bought the card for $4.75, but it was, you know, for all the reasons I said at the beginning, I love John Morant. I'm a John Morant collector. I'm a John Morant investor. It was a card I really want. I think it's beautiful. It's a low pop. And I'll tell you what, I had such a fun time going back and forth with the buyer on eBay. He ended up sliding into my, I told him about the podcast. He ended up sliding my DMs on uh, Twitter and now I've got a new connection and it started with eBay. So I think the key there is just making sure that people on eBay are people too, right? You can say thank you and you can slide and say, hey, I know we're going back and forth. And that's what um, this seller did. He said, hey, I know we're going back and forth on the price of this. I'm willing to work with you. And so that led to a really good back and forth and conversation. And I, based on that back and forth, I learned about the hobby history of the card and where it came from and how he had bought it in a jaw lot from somebody else. And it, the person who he bought it from um, was the only other owner. And so he had the card and he told me how much he took care of it. So that was really cool. And I think that is something I'm going to start doing more of, even if it's on eBay, is to try to you know get that perspective and you know build those connections and relationships and point people back to my social pages because there might be more cards that they want to sell me in the future. I went absolutely nuts on Taco Fall. I took what Jordan said on the show to heart, and I, I played it back, and I texted him several days later. I did my research on Taco Fall, and I know Taco Fall wasn't dressed against in the game against Boston and the Bucks. I, I know that. But I bought 70 Taco Fall cards for a little over 100 bucks. Okay. And I bought those cards because of what Jordan said and his mentality. And it wasn't, I'm going to listen to this somebody and then just go make a purchase. I did some digging, I started to research. And all signs pointed at Taco Fall having some sort of role in these playoffs. 
I do all of the, I try to do, I do this show in one take. It's kind of my goal every week and I don't like edits. So I'm just, I'm just spitting it every week. And I just want everyone to know that. Um, and I'm, it's, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but to me, I want this to be as real as possible. And I feel like doing it in one take is the way to go. So anyways, back to Taco Fall. So I just think like his card prices are so nice right now that he sees the floor and gets that opportunity. And I think he's only just got to see the floor, make a block or two, and those prices are going to boom. So I don't know if it would boom like a bull bull, probably not that high, but I kind of interest, am interested in trying to be a little proactive on somebody. And I, I mentioned it at the top, I don't think there's a ton of opportunities to do this, but I think Boston's going to have a long run. Taco Fall could be one of those guys. So I bought a load of Taco Fall. My my uh my mailbox this next week is just going to be Taco Fall City, and I'm kind of excited about it. And then finally, I just bought a ton of Marlon Mack. I, I I've got an awesome lot, which I don't. It's crazy how this lot was created. It was a lot of prism numbered autograph rookie Mac cards. So I got his like red auto from 49, purple auto 75, green auto of 99. Disco BGS 9.5. I got a silver auto. I've got a ton of Marlon Mack. I'm just a big fan of his situation. And I think his cards are undervalued right now. I actually think I saw a fantasy draft that had Jonathan Taylor ahead of Marlon Mack. And I, I, to me, that's a little nuts. I think Jonathan Taylor, we're freaking jacked about him in Indy, but I think Marlon Mack's really good, and Marlon Mack is the starter. And in a season like this, that's kind of atypical. You're going to run with the guys that who have been part of your system. So that's why I like him a lot. So I am in the process right now of putting some cards together that I didn't think I necessarily would be selling. Oh, another card real quick. I... Another reason why to have connections and why Facebook is a nice place for that sometime. Somebody reached out to me in the Major Wrestling Figure. Actually, I got tagged in a post on the Major Wrestling Figure podcast group. Someone had posted a Zion mosaic. Very nice price on it. I got some photos of the card. and I, it, was, it was under market value. So I said, yeah, I'll take it. So that card showed up. I got just a Zion base mosaic and it is pristine. So I'm going to send that baby in. But that's the last of the purchases. But I think for me, I am preparing right now for um, the evolution of my PC and what I'm doing. And so right now, I am taking a bunch of cards that I not I didn't think I necessarily would 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 sell to sell those cards because their prices are going to give me a two to three x return, and I can take those money and those monies and then go spend them on cards like parallel jaws and stuff that I really, really want. So that's what I'm preparing to do this weekend as I record this episode. There is some really nice stuff in there. And there's some Zion stuff that's nines. And there's some Lucas stuff that's nines. And then there's some Jason Tatum stuff. So it's just like I'm picking and choosing cards that I know that I'm seeing a uh, can see a return on and preparing those for for sale so I can get some money and then invest that money back into some long-term investments. I think that's something 
that we should all be doing is constantly keeping a pulse on our slab situation and, and looking at the market trends. One thing that I have really, uh, I started to ask myself the question. And the question that I started to ask myself is, how can I fund my investments without taking from my paycheck every two weeks? And I think that is something that I'm aspiring to do. And there's a lot of different components that go into that. And I think it's part of that is you got to be prospecting. You got to be hunting. And it's like the taco fall situation. You got to be building out areas where you're going to get big booms if things work out. You're not going to always get them, but that's one thing. I think another thing is just coming from a place of abundance. I've got this Jason Tatum PSA 10 um, rookie card that I picked up for 225 in March. And, you know, the prices right now are, you know, triple that, uh, maybe even more. I, I got to look before I, if I list this, but this, this card has seen significant growth. And J- Jason Tatum's incredible, and Boston's going to have a deep run. But I don't have an attachment to this card, and that's that's I, I'm coming from a place of abundance, and I'm not going and I'm not being greedy. It's so that's why it's like you got to have those components when you're evaluating your stash, and know that there are different levels that you have the opportunity to elevate to. And some of the time, some of the cards that you have that are really nice cards, you got to sell off in order to get there. So that's my mentality there. I'm trying to tighten my belt. I'm trying to be more focused on players and cards that I want to go deeper in. And so those are players like John Morant. Those are players like Luca. And that's just the mentality. LeBron, it's really, really hard to cast a wide net and, you know, be very, very focused on the top 10 guys in the hobby. It's expensive and it's just, I feel like it's very distracting. So I'm trying to tighten my belt a little bit. I think part of tightening the belt for me is outside of the situations of those main guys that I'm after, I'm trying to avoid base cards. Like I I know, and it's more of a protection thing for me. It's just, you know, if the market turns around and starts going the other way, I think the first thing that'll go down are the high pop base cards that are PSA 10s or 9s. And so for me, I'm trying to get rid of some of my base cards right now so I can focus in on some serial number parallels that um, if the market moved, they wouldn't be moving down as fast just because they're a limited quantity. Um, To me, they're more appealing. I think I would rather have cards that I know are limited in count and limited in number Yes, they are more expensive, but I think selling off a bunch of base to get selling off two base rookies to get one paralleled rookie is something that is pretty sound and is, it is an area that I'm thinking about. I am trying to create a cycle where I get money in, money goes towards grading of cards, and then I get cards, sell cards, cards go money goes towards cards I really want and money goes back towards grading. I'm just trying to like build this cycle and it, it this is something that I have been starting to do over the last several months is prepare myself for this cycle and it's there's a lot of stuff that gets involved but what I'm trying to focus in on is how can I not take money out of my paycheck on cards but I can self fund my habitual purchases and investments and opportunities through selling slabs that I'm getting back graded. Obviously, there's so many components with the grading companies and 
that's something that we can even say. I've I've talked about it at nauseum. I know Beckett sent out a communication this week that to me was a very poor communication. Punchline was we're raising the prices because we don't know how to handle our own business. Um, if you have another take on how you read that, I'm open to it, but that's how I read it. These companies, it doesn't seem like things are getting any better. So I think that's the one thing that's a little unpredictable at this point. But you see where I'm going with it. I think I'm bringing on a account this week on the Hobby Hustle conversation that, again, I'm having this conversation because I want to learn. And I'm having a conversation with Nick. Nick is with New England Pieces on Instagram and on TikTok. So I'm going to talk to him because, man, I've been following his videos ever since I've been back in the hobby. And this guy has a process and I want to learn from him. So don't miss out on that Friday conversation. All right, let's jump into the final seg of this episode. What are we talking about? We're talking about the NFL. And I think there's just so much opportunity with the NFL. It's a theme. No one else is talking about it. I am. I think first, I, what I try to do is create a first round of my NFL cards under $10. So this is going to be round one. I'm going to give you five cards here. And then um, next week or the week after, I'm going to give you five more cards. But my mentality here is that you know the DFS market is going to enter the hobby and the people are going to start purchasing cards and tr- sales transactions are going to happen at a quicker pace in the hobby because people are going to be be relying on it on a week-to-week basis. This, in turn, gives running backs and wide receivers more attention and more value. So as I'm analyzing the market and I thought, man, I'm having so much fun buying Marlon Mack at $5 a pop. What else is out there? What else can I be thinking about? And so that's what I've done. I think there's some different dynamics here, right? You've got the age of the player. I think that gets into the narrative around prism versus tops, right? So you've got like a, a component where there's players in the league right now that their rookie cards are tops chrome. You've got players in the league that their rookie cards are prisms. And so I, I'm leaning towards a little bit when it comes to uh, lower value is newer type of players or younger type of players. I'm very focused on players that I think will be dancing in the end zone, players that are going to get those touches, going to be part of those offenses that are going to score points. Um, whether it's running the ball or whether it's receiving. And I am very, very focused on looking at trends from last year and projecting um, projecting them towards this year. I think it's undeniable that there's going to be more focus in on the NFL. I know Mosaic's coming out in NFL form. There's just going to be a ton to ton more attention. And I think inevitably cards are going to go up. So what what I'm trying to do here on Sacking Slabs is give you all a perspective that now is a good time while all attention is being focused on the NFL to, or excuse me, on the NBA to start buying some NFL cards. So here's five cards this week, five players that I think worth looking at and that are low dollar. First player is the 2016 Kenyon Drake Prism Rookie one sold for 10.52 on July 23rd. You know already my feelings about the Cardinals offense. Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, lots of action and lots going on. 
if you hit the waiver wire last year and you were in need of a running back, when Kenyon Drake got traded to Miami, maybe you started him that first week and you're like, what the hell, I'm going to do it. And the guy showed out. I think this guy is highly skilled. I think he's the perfect back for this offense of what they're trying to do. A lot of swing passes, a lot of um, running on the outside of uh, the tackles. I think he can pound it too. And that's what I like him. He He's just, Drake hasn't been in the best situation in Miami. I think it's been hard for anybody to thrive, but I think in an offense, it's going to be opened up with a very offensive-minded head coach with that's going to be airing it out on a regular basis and going to be running it. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to score. So Drake, last year in a situation where he played for two teams, had 100 yards, eight touchdowns, 28 receptions, 171 yards from those receptions. Um, though that's just the eight games, excuse me, that he played for uh, Arizona. So that's crazy production. He got a touchdown a game, essentially. Um, rushed for about 100 yards a game, essentially. So that's someone I think his cars are really low right now. Go look at Kenyon Drake. The next one, 2018, Calvin Ridley, Prism, $4 a card right now. I hate to say it, but I'm going to. Dirt cheap, dirt cheap. I'm kidding. It is cheap, though. Look at him. I think the reason why is like, although the Falcons had a bad year last year, they were third ranked in passing offense. They sling the ball around. He's going to get a ton of targets. I think they don't run the ball. They don't, they they were like one of the last in the leagues in running last year. He got 93 targets, 63 catches, 866 yards, seven touchdowns, 13.1 yards a catch. I think inevitably if a guy is $4 a card right now and he replicates that people are going to have interest, especially if he hits that end zone. So I think Calvin Ridley in that offense is certainly something you want to pay attention to. Scary Terry McLaurin, I think again, undervalued 450, a prism rookie card right now. Last year with a shaky quarterback situation, 58 receptions, 919 yards, seven touchdowns, 15 yards to catch in his rookie year, baby. So here's the deal. Haskins is either going to get better or they're going to put in Kyle Allen. And Terry's their their big option on offense. So I think $4.50, Terry's a good investment. Good to buy him in bulk right now. I like Terry a lot. You already know that. 2018 Cortland Sutton rookie. 199 I saw his prism go for. So the you could say, well, they picked up uh, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler from Penn State. I think Cortland Sutton is the guy there. And the other guys, obviously, those guys have the potential to be the guy. But Sutton's a very nice player. He had, you know, six touchdowns last year. He he's got the comfort level with Drew Locke. I think he's someone whose cards are, you know, two bucks a pop right now. I think I, this was shocking to me as I researched this, but they the Denver was six last year in passing attempts, so they air that ball out. And I think Cortland Sutton, he's going to inevitably, as Drew Locke is you know, going to be featured and focused to run and power that offense. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. And for prices like that, he's a guy I wouldn't like, I wouldn't hesitate on buying 10 of his cards for the, the dollar value is low. The rewards are high. So look at Cortland Sutton. The final one here is a guy who's going to get more targets and he's going to get more attention and he's just got to stay healthy. 
it's Mr. Boomer bust himself, Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller, obviously one of the most fascinating receivers in the NFL, he can be number one in fantasy a couple weeks, and then he could be no catches and be at the other side of it. I think, you know, if we're thinking about DFS mentality week by week, his cards, I saw a, uh, on July 28th, I saw a Prism rookie of Will Fuller sell for $1.13, okay? That is like, that to me, it's like, why not buy 100 Will Fuller cards if you can get access to it? And if he has that two touchdowns, 225-yard game, then go sell it. And what could that lead to? I think that's the mentality in my mindset. I think you've got, you don't have DeAndre Hopkins there anymore. So that adds another element to it. But I think I share these examples because I do think there's going to be more attention on these types of players. I think more people are going to in demand. And if the NBA market is a reflection of what's possible in the NFL, you're going to want to get on some of these players or players that you're doing your own research on and you like. Covered a ton today. Holy cow. I'm having so much fun doing this. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button. Leave that five-star reviews. Follow Stacking Slabs. Slide into the DMs. You are a part of the damn revolution. Wave that flag proudly. Let's go. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Take care of everyone around you. Happy collecting. Happy investing. And we'll talk to you real soon. Peace.